episode 64 of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name's Brandon Chowan. And joining me today, we have Mark Nadu. Mark, how are things going? Good, good. I'm a little nervous today. Why is that? Well, we're missing something, you know. I know. It, it's odd. Yeah, you know. Ash is off this week. Yeah, it, it's like, it's a bit like the Ghostbusters, you know. You're, you're the brains <laughs> and the talent, um, you know. He's the heart. And, uh, well, I'm the ass. I'm just a big donkey. So. Oh, man. It's hard to keep a body working without the heart. It is. It's very true. We miss you, bro. I know. Ash has not not been here in, God, I can't even tell you the last time Ash needed a week off. But it works out. So it's going to be you and me today. Yes. So uh, let's, let's do this. So today we are continuing our look through the entire directorial career of Rob Zombie. We are reviewing his first and only animated release, The Haunted World of El Superbisto from 2009. And unfortunately, because Ash can't be with us this week, we are going to move round two of our Besting the Backlog Challenge to next week. So it gives everyone a whole nother week to watch those films with us, which I'll remind you again what those are at the end of the podcast here. Before we dive in, Just want to remind everyone, we love interacting with you. You can contact us on Twitter at Cinefessions. You can email us at contact at Cinefessions.com, or you can leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show at 1-302-448-TALK. That's 1-302-448-8255. We'd love to hear any comments, questions, corrections, anything else you might want to share with us. We'd love to hear about it. So make sure you hit us up in any of those three ways. Also... We are still doing our contest, and that's going to go through the end of this arc. So your time is running short. And frankly, we don't know if this arc is going to be concluding next week or in two weeks because we're not sure exactly what's going on with the release of 31 and if we're all going to be able to see it or not. So that's kind of up in the air. So make sure if you're interested in winning Sex World on Blu-ray from Vinegar Syndrome, you are contacting us at contact at cinefessions.com or hitting us up at the voicemail 1-302-448-8255 and give us a director or a writer whose career you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast and an upcoming potential arc. All you have to do is that, and you will be entered to win. Right now, there's only one entry at this point, so we are excited to have more and to share those with our listeners. So, Mark. Yes. Let's jump over to the question of the week. Because we are watching an animated film or television program, animated film here, rather, what is your favorite animated film or television program? Ooh. Ooh. Okay, so I'm going to stick to movies. Okay. Um... Because okay, well, TV obviously as a kid, my favorite was the real Ghostbusters. Um, mm-hmm. I bought the Time Life box set with the five tins before I knew that they would sell the five tins separately. Whatever <laughs> you know, whatever Time Life. Um, as for favorite animated movie, that's a damn good question. Um, the first one that pops to mind. Well, there's two that pop to mind, but one that's actually I really really loved is Paranorman. Oh, okay. I dug Paranorman. Um, yeah, I thought it was it was scary. Um, well, well, okay, it wasn't scary for me, but like I wouldn't be able to bring my niece and nephew just because I yeah. think it's a little too scary for them. But it had that awesome Halloween vibe. Um, it was funny that kids and adults could laugh mm-hmm. at the same jokes, maybe for different reasons. Um, right. Yeah, and I I just like that stop motion animation, computer generated style that they that they do now. 
Um, the company that does it is, I think it's Laika, L-A-I-K-A. Yeah, they just that, had that new film. Well, go yeah, ahead. They've got that new one that just came out, which the name uh, kind of skips me right now, but involves like a Kubo monkey. Kobo or Kobo or something? Yeah, Kobo. Kobo the e-reader, I think it's called. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm kidding. That's that's like a cheap Canadian <laughs> Kindle. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I know it now. Okay. Good. okay. Um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, – let me just type it up right here because I'm right by my computer. And it is called um, – I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, here we go. Here we go. It's uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Okay. Yes. Um, now, off top, like right off the bat, I, like the, the art direction doesn't really grab me. But because mm-hmm. it's from uh, Leica, I want to go see it. I just haven't yeah. yet. Uh, I haven't gone to the movies in a few weeks now. So I'm kind of falling behind. Because there's mm-hmm. a few horror flicks that just came out that I want to see, um, but yeah, to me, I think Paranorman is by far my my favorite. Now, did you like Coraline and um, uh, Coraline? The other one, I uh, I own. Uh, I have uh, not uh, unwrapped it yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm bad. I'm horrible people. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I I want to see it. I bought it, but no, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I, I do not like Coraline. I am not a fan of that film at all. It's because a mom um, has buttons for eyes that could creep anybody up, though. <laughs> oh, Box Trolls was the other one they did. Oh, that one I didn't I see either. Seen, yeah, I haven't seen that. Uh, but Paranorman, I think, is a fantastic film. Um, I really love Paranorman. Uh, that came out around the same time as Frankenweenie, which... I did not like Frank and Winnie, but I absolutely love Paranorman. So yeah, Frank and Winnie is another one that I own, uh, but mm-hmm. I have yet to unwrap. Gotcha. These are some ideas uh, for our best in the backlog challenge. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got. Uh, I think I have my collection could be qualified for that challenge. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's called credit card debt, folks. I have credit card debt. I've been paying interest on movies I haven't watched yet. Oh my god! I hear you there too. Yeah. Yeah, so for you? me, yeah. um, film, I what when I thought of the question, what immediately sprang to mind was South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Oh, that's a good one. I just love that movie. I mean, it's a musical. The The music is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Like, it's just fun. It's a great movie. Um, and then television, I am a huge fan of um, uh, like uh, – Family Guy, American Dad. I, I, you know, I like those f- shows, but my number one has to be Bob's Burgers. I just am obsessed with that show. I absolutely love it. You know, have you seen that no. one? No, and I know everybody like there's memes all over the place for it, and it's something that would yeah. be up my alley. I just haven't mm-hmm. sat down to watch it. Yeah, I love animated programming. There's so many. Like Regular Show is another one I love. Um, I haven't yet watched the show that you recommended. Oh, I'm dumb. Rick and Morty. Yes, Rick and Morty. Why did I yeah. – bo- I went straight to like kids cartoons. <laughs> I don't know why. Like South Park is a damn fine animated film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick and Morty is just hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I went straight to like childhood. <laughs> I don't know why. Animation just does that to you. Yeah, I guess. Just because, you know, you can't associate kids with animation, you know. Right, um, exactly. But I'm Which you, you, such a huge fan of adult animation. Oh, me too. I just yeah. don't – it's never always the first – like I've got seasons or I guess volumes of Family Guy still haven't watched yet. I think I'm only like volume yeah. 12 or 13. You know, <laughs> I'm so behind. I stopped watching Simpsons like at season 8 or 9. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I'm and I'm never going to catch up to Simpsons. I am never no, yeah, going no to. Like that's just <laughs> – I would need like a vacation for the vacation I need to take to watch all the Simpsons <laughs> to catch up to, you know. <laughs> 
Um, right. Yeah, it's at a point where you just got to cut and release. And I don't fish. Couldn't release. What <laughs> <laughs> about you, Ash? Oh, he's not here. <laughs> You know, I oh, still haven't man. listened to the Cloverfield episode yet, just because I still haven't watched 10 Cloverfield Lane. So I'm just, oh, yeah. I'm curious to see what you guys said about me. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> You'll be happy to know we didn't even say your name once. Oh. It was like you didn't exist. No, I'm just be, kidding. I don't have to be teased and ignored. <laughs> if any ladies wants to send uh, pictures of them hugging me, you know, via FaceTime, just... Take out your arms and pretend you're hugging me. Uh, you can send slash mark. Oh, hug. man. Right. <laughs> so alone. Oh, boy. So this week, uh, this past week, Madden came out. Okay. And so that has essentially consumed all of my free time. Mm-hmm. Um, I did pause Madden to watch Raw and SmackDown. Okay. Um, and so, uh, you know... I can talk about that a little bit, but um, mostly it's been all about Madden. So I I just really love this year's game. I loved last year's game too. Frankly, I've loved most of the releases since about, I don't know, the past few years here at least. And uh, this time I decided to do a like a fantasy draft franchise okay. where you draft your entire team. And so I did that and I moved the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars to Portland to become the Portland Snowhawks. Just <laughs> <laughs> why not? Yeah. Um, and so, like, my my main offensive players, I have uh, the rookie quarterback, uh, Carson Wentz, running back Le'Veon Bell, tight end Jimmy Graham, and wide receiver Tavon Austin, Austin um, who's out of West Virginia University. So I love him because I am a WVU grad. Okay. And I got to watch him there with Geno Smith. And so that's why I love both of them. They can do no wrong in my book. But <laughs> uh, I sim through that first season. Um, just so I could like get the team moved to Portland and we actually did pretty well. We made it to the playoffs and I lost in the playoffs the first round, but really happened. Yeah. I did a lot better than I thought I was going to. I didn't think we'd make the playoffs the first year because I was rocking the rookie quarterback, Carson Wentz, but Uh, uh, he did, did pretty well. And so, um, yeah, in the draft, I actually grabbed this, this rookie wide receiver who has been fantastic for me as my number two guy behind Austin this season. So, uh, I have a really good receiving core. Yeah. Um, but I ended up, I was playing this whole season and, um, Madden 17 offers these new options. You can either play the moment, which means like you're playing like the big moments in the game. So like big third downs, uh, if you're in the red zone, um, things like that, defense, big defensive plays. Really? Yeah. It's like, they say like, it's like a 20 minute game time versus if you play the full thing, which is 60 minutes. And okay. so I was trying that. It's pretty cool, but you still play defense. I'm not a fan of playing defense. Yeah. And so they also have an option where you can just play all the offensive plays or play all the defensive plays. In uh, NCAA Football 14, they had the option where you could just play the offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. And so you were just playing offense or defense, which I absolutely loved. And so that's essentially what I'm doing in Madden 17. I'm just playing as the offensive coordinator, only playing the uh, the offensive snaps, which I love. I think it's really cool that they finally brought that into Madden after having it back in, you know, 2014 uh, NCAA. So anyway, I went undefeated through the regular season and I'm getting ready to play the Super Bowl now. I'm playing against the Detroit Lions of all teams, oh boy. which is pretty cool. Oh, so Heart divided. But, yeah, exactly. So what but, you should do is because you, you spend all this time playing the season, you should yeah. play the Super Bowl at the same time as you podcast. It will help your mental game. <laughs> That's funny. I was actually doing a fantasy football draft yesterday whilst playing the playoff games. And so 
<laughs> Not the same thing, but similar. It was difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's like, are, are, are you there? Like, <laughs> the thing is, I, I need a straight man to my jokes here. You know? <laughs> it's like bouncing, no, no. bouncing a ball against a wall and the wall isn't there. Ball never does, <laughs> and the ball never comes back. You got to return the volley. You know, like comedy is like a game of badminton. You know, you need to return the volley. Oh, oh man. Just bike it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. But yeah, so Madden's kind of like the, it marks the beginning of this uh, like sports video game season, which yeah, as people know me, they know I'm, that's basically almost all I play anymore. But now do you find and value so, in buying the 17 version after playing the 16? Like, is there that much of a difference apart from like the offense, defense options? Yeah. Like, graphic you know, wise, you know? It's the small things, really. Yeah. Um, you know, like the, I mean, just the defensive play is so much smarter this year than it has been in the past. Yeah. Um, so things are a lot more difficult. Yeah, it's a lot less exploitative, okay. I guess, which is good. Yeah. Um, the and just the fact that I can only play offense, only play defense, I absolutely love. Um, they did a lot of small changes to the franchise mode, which is like my num like basically the only thing I play in sports games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's that. And then you obviously get, you know, roster update and all that. So I, I, I just, I've been buying them every year since like Madden 2004. And so I'm just used to it. So yeah. I understand that, you know, people look at it as silly sometimes because it's just a roster update, but there's enough small things in it each year that add up to make the experience a lot, a lot more fulfilling. And I think this year has been a great step forward for Madden. So and honestly, if you enjoy it, who cares what others think? Yeah, you exactly know? right. Exactly. Like you, you can spend the money any way you want. It's Damn it's right, yours. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, and did you hear about Raw? Yeah, I, I know about Raw. Uh, okay. I just have, haven't had a chance to. Well, I probably won't be able to watch it. At least. Right. Yeah. It but, was. Uh, it was quite pretty fucking fantastic. Quite the shock. You know. Yeah. I, I saw a few animated gifts about it, and uh, mm-hmm. I am very happy for Kevin Owens. Yeah. Very absolutely. Happy. And I guess my local uh, wrestling promotion that uh, I go to here, C4, mm-hmm. I, apparently he was their first heavyweight champion. Oh, no shit. Yeah, which is kind of cool. You know? that's, that's awesome. That's like, uh, they're starting season 10, so I guess nine years ago. Um, wow. You know, he, he came in a lot because, he's, well, obviously, you know, we're only two hours from Montreal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, so I don't know about uh, Sami Zayn or not, but uh, I, apparently Kevin Owens um, wrestled locally in Ottawa and was uh, their first champion. So that's, that's awesome. kind of cool. I mean, it's just like the ultimate story, like working your way up through the minors, through the indies, yep. as, as indie as you can fucking get, you know, and just working your ass off to get where he is. I mean, that's just that's why I was so happy to see him hold the hold the belt. Oh, for sure. A great moment. And like he's I think he's the first French uh, like you know, heavyweight champion. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, I can't think of any other French champions. Not, at least not heavyweight, you know? Right. Uh, like Martel yeah. won, uh, won uh, like the tag belt and stuff like that. I think it was, yeah. was Martel even IC? I don't think Rick, so. I was thinking him as IC, but I, I can't say for sure it, offhand. It kind of seems like he might have been. Yeah. My gut was thinking that, but I, I again, I can't say for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy for Owens. Hopefully he gets a nice long run. Right. You know? Um, no, what I I'm hope curious he's not transitional, yeah. Well, yeah, and I don't think he is, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think he's an emergency, like, I believe, yeah, absolutely. I believe he would have been eventually a champion. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, once yeah. you know, he gets a, into a program with Finn, which eventually, mm-hmm. when Finn comes back, if he's still champ, that's obviously going to happen, right? Did you see Finn Balor's uh Twitter account today? No, I guess him and Owens FaceTimed, and Owens was like, you know, like hugging the belt like he would a lover. 
<laughs> you know so very funny uh, that's um, awesome but yeah so i'm hoping owens gets a nice run it would be awesome like okay so what we're september now it would mm-hmm. be awesome if it was zane and owens main eventing mania god i just got goosebumps you know, just thinking about it that's awesome ladder match or right. just you know a regular one-on-one you know mm-hmm. you don't need a stipulation because they can do good match but can you imagine right. a ladder match main event <laughs> Owens and Zayn, that would be fantastic. Yeah, it would. Um, so, so th- that's a possibility. You know, like mm-hmm. April is only seven months away. That's seven pay per views. You know, he can if if New Day with all the tag teams they've got can hold for over a year, then mm-hmm. Owens can easily, you know, uh, carry the belt until Mania. Yeah. And Have you seen their new sh- New Day's new shirts? No. Oh, they are badass. They're like old Nintendo, like what? NES 8-bit themed. No way. They are so fucking cool, man. I have to get Is one. Is it like the old Cena 8-bit pro wrestling shirt that he had? Do you remember that? Oh, you know, I haven't seen that. So oh, it might be. I don't know. A few years ago, he had a um, he had like a You Can't See Me t-shirt, but it was like in the style of the 8-bit pro wrestling Nintendo game. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that was really cool, but, you know, you're not going to wear a John Cena shirt. I Actually, I would wear a John <laughs> Cena shirt now just because I think he's... he's oh, it is. Good, you know? Um, yeah. But, no, I, I'm gonna. I'm looking for New Day right now on the website. And yeah, I, I just searched the You Can't See Me shirt. It's very similar to that. That's so cool. i never seen that that's before. very cool. Yeah, I don't see it on the, the WB store. Maybe it's because I'm not scrolling fast enough and I'm kind of... Oh, it's not there yet? Well, I see, I have the Up, Up, Down, Down shirt. But I don't see uh, I don't see their new new one. So eventually, even it's gonna come, I guess. Yeah, I'll have to find it for you and link you to it. Yeah, because uh, uh, like we said, new day, I think it's time for them to to drop the belt. They should have dropped it a few months ago. You know, it's like yeah, yeah sure, they're sure. a year plus. Uh, you know, at belt owners, but you know, some pay per views even like defend the belt. So I'm like, ugh, you know, like if you're right. if you're a champion, you should have a match at every pay per view. The belt mm-hmm. should be defended. And them doing commentary at a pay-per-view while, uh, you know, it was Enzo and Kaz versus Bobby. Like, no, nah, man. Like, I, they yeah. should be defending. I, I just don't like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's not their fault, obviously. Oh, no. It's not their fault. But, you know. Um, yeah. I don't – I feel like the club is not – they're not doing what I hope they would do. Like, I'm not no. really buying them. You know, Yet. I'm surprised just the fact that they also split them and Adria. Yeah. And now the fact, too, that Finn is out. I thought maybe right. Finn would eventually, like, gang with them, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's obviously not going to happen now. So, I don't... And they had... They're lost in the like, shuffle. Yeah. They had, like, Dana Brooks with them last week for whatever reason. Yeah, I read that. I was uh, like, what? I don't understand. I don't get that either. Um, I think she's horrible. She's a nice person. Like I watched that uh, Breaking Ground series. Oh, okay. Yeah. It made me like her as a person, but Mm -hmm. I don't think she's a good wrestler. I think she got brought up way too early. Yeah. What do I know, right? I'm just a fucking work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's my name. But I I find she's sloppy. Her and Charlotte have botched so many spots. Oh, (laughs) yeah. And now, you know, Sasha's hurt. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not too impressed with her. And yeah, you're right. Uh, the club is that what they're called? The club? That's I don't know. Uh, I just honestly, what I no. call them. The thing is, they're good promo guys. Like on the mic, they're awesome. And mm-hmm. I'm listening to uh, Chris Jericho's podcast, 
Oh, and okay. I guess they have a podcast called Talking Smack. No, I'm lying. Oh. That's not true. That's the talk. That's the SmackDown show, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That's well, like that sounds familiar. Yeah, so they they have a similar style sh- uh, podcast that they've done when they were in Japan, where they make up oh. all these characters and stuff, and it was hilarious. So they did an episode of Chris Jericho's podcast, but they, they were the I guess the guests, so they kind of took over the podcast. Okay, I want to hear more. I just hmm. uh, haven't subscribed to it yet, but uh, like those guys are entertaining, you know. Um, I like Luke Gallows, but I think I like the other guy more. I don't know why. Okay, yeah. So, you know, sometimes you just got a favorite, right? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can't even think of his name right now. No, but. neither can I. It's, it's a machine. Uh, <laughs> Kelly is it G- Gene Kelly? He dances in the rain. <laughs> no, <he's not> <laughs> shit. Oh, shit. I don't know. But uh, uh, so, uh, what else have you been doing this past week? What have I been doing? Well, I just got off uh, my set of shifts, and I worked three OT shifts before and after. So I worked uh, eight of the last nine days. So I'm yep. zonked. But <laughs> I did. Uh, I did catch a few films just because on night shift it's it's uh, a lot slower. Um, so uh, okay, so I'm trying to catch up on some Blu-rays in my to watch pile. So uh, I watched BMX Bandits. That is from 1983. I think it's Nicole oh, Kidman's yeah. first film. Huh. Um, I saw somebody compare it to like an Australian Goonies, and I kind of agree with that. Oh, okay. Uh, the BMX culture in the 80s is quite the interesting phenomenon. Uh, I haven't yeah. done too much research on it, but like, you know, you've got BMX bandits, you've got movies like Rad. Um, you know, all the kids had BMXs when I grew up. So, you know, I, like to me, this film was kind of spot on. Um, I was a bit young for 83, so I wasn't really in their age demo, but eventually I got a BMX. Yeah. Um, but they're all color coordinated, you know, like the guy wears a red shirt, he's got red wheels on his BMX. The other guy's got a blue shirt, blue wheels, you know, and Kidman's That's got funny. yellow, and she's got the yellow wheels, yellow helmet, you know. And <laughs> for, and the whole point of the movie is them, they're, they're looking for like mussels in the water so they can sell to restaurants to get money to buy a BMX bike for Nicole Kidman. But okay. instead, they find a cache of walkie-talkies that these bank robbers can use to listen to the police frequencies. So that oh. they'll know when uh, the cops are coming when they rob a bank. <laughs> so they take their, their walkie-talkies and they sell them to all like the kids in the neighborhood. <laughs> and now, be, and now the because uh, so again this is in Australia and these uh, these uh, walkie-talkies are American. So I oh. guess they're better. I mean, you can't get walkie-talkies <laughs> in Australia. Whatever. <laughs> so now it's these guys. They're two bumbling uh, uh, bad guys from the from the from the bank robbing gang they're now chasing the kids to get the walkie-talkies back so it's one big like the last half of the movie is like one big chase scene hmm. where they're in a car the other kids are in the bmx and every time they go over a jump you hear like laser sounds it's like yeah <laughs> uh, so the, the movie itself is, is whatever you know it's a kid's film right mm-hmm. but it's so colorful and the transfer on this is seven films or guess seven.com who uh I guess released the film on Blu-ray. Oh, it's okay. beautiful. Like, awesome. like I watch this during the day because I'm like, this is like a daytime movie. You know, it's something mm-hmm. you'd watch like at one o'clock in the afternoon on your local TV station back in the eighties. Yeah. So I'm like, this is perfect timing. And uh yeah, fuck, it looked good. Like the pig like the colors were vibrant. Like it was probably the best this movie's ever seen. <laughs> or you know, the best it's ever looked. Right. Um, right. So I I totally recommend it because one, it's like Nicole Kidman's first film um, yeah it's a fun kids film 
there's nothing bad about it. You know, like nothing mm-hmm. parents could have to poo poo about, you know, like I think, I think it's PG. I honestly don't know, but I'd rate it PG. There's not even, this could be G. Like there's no violence. Yeah. It's, it's all comedic violence, you know, if anything at mm-hmm. the most. Um, so I watched that. Uh, so recommend that. Um, another film I watched, this was on the night shift, uh, rock and roller from Guy Ritchie. Oh, okay. I had never seen this one. This is from 2008 with, yeah, uh, I've seen it either. with, uh, you haven't, oh, see it it's really, really it's really good the cast is amazing you got gerald butler tom wilkinson uh mark strong which i'm a big fan of idris elba's in it tom hardy's in it um fuck ludicrous is in it <laughs> you know um yeah thandy newton is in it as well uh it's a great cast it's another guy Ritchie london gangster film you know and i mean gangster more underworld and one thing leads to another, you know. So if you like Snatch, if you like Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels, you will like Rock and Roller. Um, cool. So I think I'm one of the few people like yourself that hasn't seen it yet. Um, yeah. it's, I don't know why I haven't watched. Like I've I've owned this movie probably since the, my bought my PS3 back in like 2008 2009. I don't oh, know why okay. I waited so long to watch it. It's it's really good. It's really hmm. good. Um, I also watched Sabotage with uh, Schwarzenegger. From oh, okay. That's um, his new, yeah, newer one. Yeah, I, I think that's his newest one, right? I think so. Yeah. Well, his commercials for, uh, for Terminator. Oh yeah, I guess Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so sabotage. It's directed by David Ayer, and he's the guy who did Suicide Squad. Ah, right. Yes. Yeah. And who also did Fury, that. which I really liked. Um, I, I think this got a bad rap because it's a Schwarzenegger movie because it yeah. was a pretty decent action film. And it's an action whodunit, which I like a lot. Um, again, awesome cast. Uh, Terrence Howard's in it. Um, Josh Holloway from Lost. Uh, Sam Worthington from Avatar. Did I already say his name? I might have. No. I don't know. I didn't? Okay, good. What, um, what, Josh Holloway from which character is he in Lost? I don't know. I never saw the show. I think oh. it was The Rock. No, that, that's one of The Hobbits. Um, <laughs> I, I'm honestly. I'll just look it up. I'm, no I'm not sure. Might be on heroin. I, I don't know. Oh, no way. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, he played Sawyer. Oh, Sawyer, does yeah. It, does that make yeah. sense? He's awesome. Yeah, you lost these. Yes. Is that what you call yourselves, lost Um, I, I typically don't, but <laughs> I'm sure there are those that would, yes, absolutely call themselves losties. Yeah, no, we're called founders because uh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever nerd, right? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, so this is an action whodunit. Uh, you know, they uh, they attempt to steal money from a cartel. Cartel thinks they stole it, and now slowly but surely they're getting picked off. Who's who's killing them? It, it's really, really decent. Um, also, oh, there was an actress in it. Ah, shoot, I don't know if that's her name. No, that's not her. Anyways, um, it's decent. I have you ever seen the movie or the TV show Oz? No, I've not. No? Okay. Well, in Oz, there is one character. Uh, I'm actually trying to find that actor's name, and I'm uh, drawing a blank here. He, The one who was in the uh, in the wheelchair. Uh, Harold Perrineau. That's his name. Uh, he was, okay. I think, he's in um, that other zombie TV show, Z Nation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Harold Perrineau. I've seen, like, most of that. Yeah. So, he... Oh, Olivia Williams. That's the actress I was looking for. She plays a detective that's investigating all the deaths. Uh, she's mm-hmm. awesome in this movie. Harold Perrineau, 
kind of freaks me out every time I see him standing <laughs> because he was like seven <laughs> seasons on Oz, which is an HBO prison drama. Yeah. Fantastic. If you've never seen it, it is awesome. If you get offended by male nudity, then you suck because it's there. It's a prison show. <laughs> but the movie is fantastic. Chris Maloney's in it. Um, the guy who played Chet in the uh, Weird Science TV show is in it too. Anyways, I'm off track. But uh, Harold Perrineau is another detective in the, in the movie. He's awesome. Harold Perrineau is, is Michael from Lost. All these Lost actors. He'd speak Lost and I can I can be with you. Oh, is he a Lost guy as well? <laughs> yeah, oh, I sure did, is. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that's why he kissed him in the movie then. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just mean the balls. Your laugh is validating because I'm working. I think the most the movie I was the most curious about um, mm-hmm. that I watched this uh, on my days off. I finally got a copy because it's so expensive in Canada. Uh, when I went to the states, I got a copy of Roar. Oh, you know, I bought that when it came out. I haven't watched it. Yet. Ah, okay. Well, what do you think the movie is? Is it a horror movie? Is it an action film? Um, I kind of thought it was kind of just like a thriller type film. Yeah. So did I. Okay. Um, the way I put it on Facebook is that yeah. this movie is a Disney safari family adventure film on acid. Okay. And the only reason why I say it's on acid is because of the production of the film. Right. That's the only reason I bought it was because of the production history of the film. Exactly. These people <laughs> like okay, so it's about this uh, this family, right? The husband, the father, he's he's a bleeding heart liberal. Yeah. So he's a doctor <laughs> and he's a vet. He mm-hmm. goes to Africa to tend to uh, I guess the local I think it's in Kenya. I think it's based in Kenya. Goes to okay. Kenya, helps, you know, provide medical services. And is also into, um, well, he's, he's into stopping poachers. So he's allowed leopards and panthers and tigers and a fuck ton of lions to live mm. in his house with him. Because we can <laughs> all coexist together. Right. So, hey, as a cartoon, you want to, you know, you, you see like Bambi, you see Thumper. Oh, you know, it's so cute. And, you know, you see, you watch um, Robin Hood's, uh, you know, Disney's Robin Hood. And Baloo is little John. It's, oh, you want to get a hug by the bear, you know. And it's all cute and stuff. <laughs> That's what they try to do here in real life. And it's mm. fucking terrifying. you have lions alpha mailing each other you've got tigers fighting each other but at the same time you've got all these like these lionesses and these cubs just playing in the house there must be 20 lions in the house and they just roam in and out of the house as they please Mm. it's fucking terrifying so the whole story is that he's having um like animal orgy at his house Mm -hmm. and his family has come to visit him but of course, he's kind of, kind of scatterbrained, so he misses him at the airport, so they make their way to the house as he goes to the airport to pick him up. So they kind of cross paths, but they like they intersect, but they don't realize it. Hmm. So the family comes to the house, and they're like, what the fuck's with all these animals? So now they're <laughs> barricaded in, ho- in rooms, they hide in you know closets, in fridges, as these lions are like roaming the, the, the hallways. Oh my god. And it's crazy. It's fucking wow. nuts. I will admit the film is a little boring. 
Yeah. Just because, like, you know, like, oh, 70 people got hurt, da 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 da. So I'm like, I kind of want to see carnage because I'm a sadist, you know? Right. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to see anybody get hurt, but if you're going to advertise that 70 people got hurt during the making of this yeah. movie, I know, it's like on the back of the fucking box. Yeah. And it's also misleading because if you click on it on Facebook, like, oh, I'm watching this film right now, it's yeah. a picture of a girl with, like, with a bloody face. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, the daughter in the movie. Okay. Also, what's weird is that the director is Noel Marshall. He's also mm-hmm. the lead father. His wife okay. is Tippy uh, Hedren, and she was in The Birds. That's oh, his real okay. life wife. And Millie Griffith plays their daughter, and that's her real life daughter. So hmm. we see like a young Melanie Griffith, a fine wow. Melanie Griffith, but we see yeah. a very young one, and like they're walking around terrified. I think they're legit scared shitless during the film. <laughs> But they can't act like they are because all these animals are not trained. These are right. all that, – that's a big, the big tagline of the movie. These were all wild animals that they corralled for this film. These are not Hollywood animals. These mm. are like legit like African animals. So they could have snapped wow. any time. Like I'm surprised nobody got killed. Yeah. There are so many animals per shot on screen. Like, wow. It's crazy. And for some reason, one of the like major big lines, I, I think mm-hmm. Tigar, because they actually named him Tigar, mm-hmm. he, he's got a bloody face. So he obviously got a scrap with somebody. During the whole Jeez. film, he's got a bloody face. So <laughs> what the fuck? Like, honest, yeah. I couldn't believe this film got made the way it got made. Yeah. This is a cartoon. Oh, it's cute. It's for the kids. In real mm-hmm. life, it is terrifying. So, like, I was yeah. kind of holding my breath in season. I'm like, is an animal going to swipe? Like, obviously, nobody's going to get killed because it's not a snuff film, right? Like, right, there's right. no on-death scenes. But that said, though, like, I was holding my breath because I'm like, they're, they're, they're climbing on top of them right now. These three lions are climbing on top of them, and they're playing. Their paws are freaking huge. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. wow. So, watch it. Yeah. Um, but... Honestly, though, it's like one of those, like, you know, early 80s, Saturday afternoon, like, you know, uh, Animals of Omaha, you know, or, you know, those old, like, nature shows you used mm-hmm. to have on TV? Yeah. Th- this is exactly what this is, but, like, it's like a 90-minute film. Wow. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. worth checking out. Would I ever watch this again? Maybe with a crowd just to see what their reactions are like. Right, but right. I honestly thought the movie was kind of boring. Okay. Just because, like, all it is is, like, going to the airport and back. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the family kind of freaking out. But it's not a horror film. Yeah. You know? I, just, I don't know. I don't even know why the fuck I bought it. I should have just, like, rented it. I don't know why I bought it. But well, I bought it because it's a draft house release. And uh, I think, you know, since going to uh, cinema, uh, going to uh, Fantastic Fest last year, I've been sucking at the teeth of draft house ever since. And I just love everything they do. They can't do anything wrong. Um, oh, I got the. Uh, I actually bought the Isle of Films release when it came out. I didn't buy the Draft House version. Okay, okay, um, but yeah, it, it, check it out and let me know what you think about it. Um, it's interesting. It's an interesting yeah. piece of cinema. Okay, you know, more quirky than scary. Right. Um, yeah. Um, two more films, really quick. Um, I watched The Duke of Burgundy off Netflix. Um, that name sounds familiar. Yeah. Now I watched it because, well, one, I, again, I, I listened to the, uh, talk without rhythm podcast and this mm-hmm. is from an episode back in February, um, because I wanted to watch the film, but I want to watch a movie before I listen to the podcast. Um, right. and so it's, it's directed by uh, Peter Strickland and he's the guy who directed Burby and sound studio. 
which oh, I still need. I need to see that. I liked it. It's on Netflix yeah. as well. I, I watched both on Netflix. It's on the Canadian one at least. Um, okay. I can only assume it's on the US one as well. Um, except for Star uh, Star Wars Episode Seven. Sorry, USA. <laughs> uh, oh, you guys have that? Yeah, we have that. But I got a nice. Blu-ray, and the 3D version's coming out. So, like, whatever. I know. That's so why I haven't bought it yet. I'm waiting for that yeah, 3D I'm version. Dumb. I just throw money away. Like, ah, yeah, I'll bite. I got. <laughs> I, could, I need copies of it, right? Because I won't watch till next Christmas. Mm, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Duke of Burgundy. Uh, it's a. Ah, uh, it's a. Hmm. It, it's a relationship film between two okay. women. Doesn't really say what era it is. To me, it screams sixties. Oh. Um, and I don't want to talk too much about their relationship because it's it's they've got a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. And at first, you don't like one character, but then you realize early on, whoa, it's actually the other way around. It, it's it's interesting. It's really worth. I don't want to ruin anything because it's fun just to go into it without knowing anything about it. Um, so I didn't know anything. If I had to compare it to a genre, I would say like compared, like I've read other reviews. Um, it does seem like, a like, a early, late sixties, early seventies Euro sleaze film. Mm-hmm. So it's more like vampire lesbosies, just Franco like, but yeah. there's, there's no nudity. I think I, I got a glimpse oh. of like, of like a topless shot. Like, but yeah. like a glimpse, like through water or something. So it wasn't like a clear shot. Um, so, uh, so it's not, it's sexual, but it's more sensual. But at the same time, once you get into it, it's not that sensual. <laughs> it's hard to describe without ruining things. Um, so I'm yeah. going to stop there, but check it out. Um, it's worth it. If you like Burbian Sound Studio, you will like this one. If you've never yeah. seen Burbian Sound Studio, go see it. It is amazing. I liked it a lot. Interesting. It, it's on Netflix. And then uh, prior to watching or prior to the Elspur Beast we're going to talk about, um, I also watched Bearing the X, the Joe Dante movie. Yeah, the newer one. Yeah. Oof. It didn't feel like a Joe Dante film. No. It did not. There's a few musical cues that, ah, it's kind of gremlins I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you get a Dick Miller cameo, uh, <laughs> but it's not a good of a movie. Um, now, that said, though, it's a pretty film. Like Ashley Green, Ashley she, Green. she is yeah. super hot, and oh, Alexandra yeah. Dario. Oh my oh god! God, <laughs> you, fuck! You saw a, a True Detective, right? <laughs> oh god, I've seen the clip. <laughs> yes, I have. High, high five again, <laughs> yeah, buddy. Obviously, there's no nudity in this one, um, yeah. but she's really pretty, and I like her a lot. And mm-hmm. like sometimes she wears tank tops, and I don't think she's got a brazier on, or it's really really cold. I don't care. Um, for a John uh, Dante film, it's kind of it's kind of disappointing. It's yeah. also kind of sad too that Anton Yelchin is the lead in this film, which right. I didn't realize. So I'm like, oh, that's kind of sad too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, so movie boyfriend girlfriend girlfriend dies comes back to life. It's done much better in Life After Beth. So if you're gonna watch oh, okay. one zombie comedy. This yeah. is comedy, but it's not really, it's not very funny. You know, um, <laughs> life after Beth is so much better. Uh, I, mm. I highly recommend that one. This one, I, I really can't. I think I only gave it like two and a half out of five because it isn't bad. It's just not good. Right. You know, so it's just like middle of the line. Um, I'll probably never watch it again, 
because I've mm-hmm. got True Detective on Blu-ray. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I don't have to. <laughs> and oh, that's all God. I watched. It seems like a lot uh, with working so much, but half the movies I watched was uh, at work. <laughs> at work. You were paid to watch them. I was paid to watch them. So, <laughs> that's the way it should be, so damn it. Between that and playing some uh, Pokemon Alpha Sapphire, that is my week in media. Awesome. Oh, you picked up a new game or a couple of new games too, didn't you, for your 3DS? I did. I might have gone to my favorite Russian audiovisual store. Yes. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I purchased uh, the uh, latest Huntsman, Winter's War, which I haven't watched okay. yet. I did like the first one. I like the lot. first one. Me yeah. too. I, I liked it Surprising. a lot. So I picked that up and I picked up uh, uh, Super Mario 3D Land and okay. New Super Mario Brothers 2. Yeah, they were. Yep, I got both of those. I like both of them. Yeah, they were twenty bucks each Canadian wrapped. So I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, checked, I checked Amazon no to see what the actual price was, and like, it's thirty two yeah. bucks plus tax. I got them both. <laughs> so I'm like, winner, winner. <laughs> so, so yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so that's my week, folks. Right. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move over to our review of The Haunted World of El Superbisto from 2009. So, as always, there will be spoilers for this film. So, if you've not seen the film, pause it, go watch it or don't, and come back and listen, and uh, we will be here to discuss it. All right, so obviously directed by Rob Zombie. This one was written by Rob Zombie and Tom Papa. It has an IMDb score of 6.0 out of the 5,732 votes, which is very low compared to his other films. Mm -hmm. There is no Metacritic score, no budget information, um, but it does have a tomato meter of 40% and an audience score of 48%. So, Mark, we were kind of joking before we started the podcast that this might be our our shortest show ever because I'm not sure how much we can talk about with this film, but... That said, what's your history with this one? Um, I watched it for the first time today. Um, yeah. I had ordered it on Amazon.ca back in June, or pardon me, in mm-hmm. July, uh, in preparation for this uh, this arc. And yeah. uh, it was either 20, 19 bucks for the Blu-ray or $5 for the DVD. So obviously mm-hmm. I went for the DVD. And right. uh, it kept being delayed, delayed, delayed. So I had to buy it on Google uh, Google Plus today. Now, let me ask this. Have you since canceled your Amazon order? Yes, I have. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. And, and I was, I was kind of surprised with Google Play because twice watching it, because mm-hmm. I watched it on my Roku, because there's an app for okay. it, and uh, it froze twice. So I'm like, oh, oh that's, that's weird. interesting. Maybe it's best if I just watch it on my iPad via like iTunes. Um, right. But yeah, so... It was easy to buy, but then to watch it, it froze twice. So I don't know if it's my internet service or if it's the actual platform. That's mm-hmm. to be uh, investigated f- in further detail. But uh, Ryan. yeah, no, it was the first time. Probably won't be the only time I watch it again. <laughs> yes, me too. First time I've seen it and uh, probably the last. So Wikipedia, they. Uh, I was just searching there just to, try to do some research, see what's going on with this film. And they had a very interesting uh, kind of description of the film. They call it an adult animated exploitation musical black comedy horror film. Hmm. And I think I think that's a, a pretty interesting description. It kind of nails all the different aspects of it. Well, see, I, I think it started off really well. Like the, mm-hmm. the first scene or two, it, it, you know, the animation was really nice. And it looked mm-hmm. like one of those like, you know, Looney Tunes, you know, 1940s. 
you know, uh, cartoons, yeah. you know, before the movie starts, there's like a, there's a placeholder with the title and stuff like that. So I'm like, if that's the style of the film, awesome. Mm-hmm. But then the art style devolves into like a Ren and Stimpy on, yeah. you know, with yeah. no budget. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's, yeah, garbage. That uh, The Ren and Stimpy feel is just so evident throughout the whole thing. I mean, like you get, there's some moments where you get like close-ups and it's just like grotesque, like yeah, green toes that are being sucked on in the beginning of the film and just like. Uh, that's so Ren and Stimpy, obviously. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the like I didn't really have a problem with the animation itself, the art style. Um, I, I like Ren and Stimpy. You know, I did when I was younger. Um, not a huge fan, but it was fine. It always m- just made me grow. It always grossed me out, yeah. which this film does sometimes too. You know. Well, to, to me, and I was trying to find the words. Um, I just found on, on Wikipedia. It looked like a flash animation game. Oh, okay. You know, like yeah. it reminded me back in the early 2000s, late 99, early 2000, mm-hmm. um, when I was in college, there was this website called rom.com, which was kind of like a, a Maxim online. And oh, okay. And had a game called Booty Call where you played a guy <laughs> called Jake and his whole goal was kind of like a leash with Larry just trying to get laid. Mm-hmm. And watching this uh, El Scorbisto reminded me exactly of that. Okay. I don't know why. It just pumped into my head. Like, all these years later, I'm like, holy fuck. First of all, I don't know why I remember that, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So, it just had this, like, really cheap animated quality to it, which just turned me right off. Hmm. You know, this is no Fritz the Cat, you know? Right. But I think that's what they're going for in some aspects. Something along those lines. Yeah. It's just not my bag. Right. Yeah. So, the... You know, I wrote down like our our white text on black background that we got in the last few films. It's replaced by this black and white narrator, mm-hmm. uh, this scene. And I, I like that. Like you're saying, like I thought that was – it gave it a unique feel right out of the gate and I really liked that. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize that this is actually based on a comic book series that Rob Zombie created. Did you know that going in? No, I did not. Yeah. Who, who would buy it? I, I'm not sure. Uh. I think that's the problem with like – and the entire thing is I'm just not sure who this who the audience is exactly. That's, that's a very good question. Just because like I'm looking at the like the uh the voice cast and they mm-hmm. have talent here. Oh, absolutely. I just don't know who would actually watch this. Like it's not for kids. No, ab- no. And me in my twenties, I don't think I even would have liked it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I just I, I just didn't find the film good. I didn't like I- the humor in it. I, I didn't it just, it just like it was very flat for me, mm-hmm. you know. It's very juvenile humor throughout the whole thing. Um, Super juvenile. And uh, but even that said, there were moments where I chuckled a little bit, even laughed a little bit. Okay. Um, I can't say offhand. I wrote down something, so as I go through here, I'll make mention of it. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's very strange. And actually, the film was like started. While he was doing Devil's Rejects, he started making the film and then um, was working on it during Halloween and said, you know what, I have to step away because I can't do Halloween and this at the same time. Yeah. And so this took a back back seat. And then by the time Halloween 2 was do- was coming out, they finished this and this one released months after uh, Halloween 2 did. And so it has a weird, uh, you know, kind of uh, production history to it, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I just, yeah, I, I don't see people clamoring for another another version of this or more right. of it. It's like, 
yeah, whoever had, you know, somebody had money to burn to finance this. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, this just smells of a tax write-off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like, so at the very beginning, they're they're filming this porno, which I mean, like, I this is basically an adult film yeah. of some sort, right? It's There's nudity in almost every scene. Yeah. And it's like over the top, you know what I mean? Um, and so they're filming this porn for whatever reason. Then all of a sudden we get like a werewolf in Medusa and it just – so much of the film didn't have a point. It was no. just reference after reference after reference after reference. Like, I, I don't see how, you know, uh, like he's playing a chef in the porno yeah. and he's dousing a girl with uh, tomato sauce <laughs> and then right. spitting her in the air like pizza. Dough. Like, I, I just like Tom Papa is a funny comedian. Mm-hmm. He helped write this. He should be ashamed. Yeah. I just, I he find was the main, he was El Super Beast. Yeah. Like, he falls flat. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know, I'm not gonna say he falls flat. I just think the material falls flat. Like, right. I, I don't. The voice acting wasn't bad. It's just what the voices were saying wasn't good. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah, I just, I just didn't find it funny. I found it very juvenile. Maybe a 16 year old me. You know, this would have been hilarious. Probably in the 80s, early 90s, before you can yeah. look at pornography on your iPod. Yeah, but this very reminiscent of your review of um, Bat. Yes. Whatever. Yes. The Dark Nighty. Because you know what? A bad girl, the Dark Nighty, or Bad Babe. Um, oh, yes. Bad Babe. This would be the same demographic. Whoever yeah. would like Bad Babe would like Elspur Bisto. That's, a, hmm. that's the target. I just right. don't know if there's anybody in that target. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like animated boobs. Um, like, like th- this isn't like a- an erotic uh, film. Like, like there's tons yeah, of nudity. And it's played for th- laughs. Right. That's what I was going to – like it's not titillating no. virtually at all. And it is funny because they do – like there's a lot of songs in this, like a lot of musical sections. Yeah. And they do make jokes yeah. of like, uh, could you jerk off to this? And, and, and <laughs> in my mind, I'm thinking – I kind of thought it was funny. And I'm thinking, like, can, I, can I jerk off to this? I don't know if I can jerk off to this. <laughs> you know? Because actually, that did run my mind. Like oh, maybe I, maybe I could well, – like it's more if I could jerk off to this. Um, but <laughs> I, I can't. I don't think I can. It, it's just it – just, it, it's, it's not sexy in any way, shape or form. You know, yeah. Uh, what did you think of um, Sherry Moon Zombie? Uh, I think very little of her. <laughs> <laughs> She's back to an even squeakier baby voice playing mm. Elspeth Beastle's sister, Susie X. Yeah. Um, so she's like a super spy, a yeah, jack of all trades type of uh, character. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have no backstory, so I don't know why. Um, yeah. And like you see her, like. You, you see her fully naked, mm-hmm. but you know, it's just like Barbie vag, I guess, if anything, right. you know, yeah, exactly. um, it did nothing for me. Her voice is so grating. Um, oh. This is sad that this happened after H2, because to me, this is a big step back for, mm-hmm. for his, for him. Um, he kind of bounces back yeah, in the next but, movie, but you know. To be fair, I think this was probably acted, drawn well before Halloween too. Oh, sure. No, I agree with that. Yeah. But just the way it was like released and like why? The release order, yeah. Why even release it? Put it on the back burner for a while. Well, I guess it right. was, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't like her uh, in this movie, but I don't like her in, in most things. Yeah. Um, he worships honest- her. And that's great. You know, like you should worship mm-hmm. your wife, you know, and, and you worship. That sounds very whatever. But, you know, you, you should love your wife. And he obviously does. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I don't. 
What, what do you right. think? Honestly, I thought she was probably my favorite part in oh. this whole thing. Okay. I thought her story with like kind of like the Nazi exploitation aspect of it, the what they call it, Operation Iron Eagle, where she's yeah. like going after like the werewolf Nazis. I thought that was the most interesting part. And um, I liked when the when her and the robot, yes. which apparently was a reference to some 1930s or 1940s cartoon, which I did, couldn't even tell you what it was. Okay. Um, but when her, the robot, and then the kind of like the leader of the Nazis at that point were bantering back and forth. Yeah. That scene I actually like. It was like the third, the second coming of the third Reich, and yeah. she's like, "Oh, wouldn't that be the fourth Reich?" And I don't know. That scene I thought was actually pretty funny. I laughed at that scene, and so out of all of it, mm-hmm. I think she would probably have to be the most interesting character to me. And her voice didn't bother me. I, I don't mind really? her voice though. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? As bad as she was, there was another voice that bugged me so much more. Um, let me think. I don't know who. Rosaria Dawson playing a Velvet Von Black. Oh man, I thought it just—I just—I thought her voice name was fine, but it didn't fit the character that was drawn. Exactly, it did not fit the character at all. Yeah, um, I'm and, glad you said that. And it was agree. annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, things like I—I I knew coming to this film that I probably wouldn't like it, but mm-hmm. I still had an open mind. Like I have an open mind on all things I haven't seen yet. Right. But, you know, I keep hearing it's bad. So, like, I'm ready for it being bad. Yeah. But, like, 20 minutes in, I'm hate watching this. <laughs> and, and I, you know what? I think Google Play knew that I was hate watching. And said, hey, Mark, you need to pause here. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to pause it for you. He's going to walk around, have a glass of water or something. <laughs> and come back. He'll go have a poop. Maybe you should go have a good poop. I don't know. I don't know. But, oh. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just – like, I'm glad it was a short film because mm-hmm. I could not wait for it to end. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I was still 60 minutes left, but there'll probably be eight minutes of credits. So that's still right. 52 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do math when I'm watching a movie. I really right, don't. Right, exactly. Yeah. I didn't like that he used um, Dr. Satan when it had absolutely nothing to do with the Dr. Satan we know from House of a Thousand Corpses. That bugged me as well. It's like, why not just any other name? Any other name? And <laughs> why? The, the fact that Dr. Satan was actually voiced by Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Was Paul Giamatti hurting for money? Or did he, did he owe a favor? <laughs> Does somebody have like a picture of him that he doesn't want released? <laughs> why would you do this? Like, yeah. you're better than that, Paul. But I, I will admit, though, one person I did like a lot mm-hmm. was Lenny. And he was, was Lenny the ape. No, Lenny was the elevator attendant. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he was kind of funny. I liked him. Yeah. I I dug uh, I dug him a lot. Voiced by Jeffrey Lewis, who passed away last year. Um, mm-hmm. I, I or was it maybe this year? Anyways, um, yeah. I, I to me, I thought he was the funniest. Yeah. I really dug him a lot. <laughs> yeah, that was. I like that moment when they're. He's like the the ape or the monkey, whatever yeah. the hell he is, is running and then the like really fast and then gets in the Vader and it was super slow and then <laughs> takes off again. Yeah. I just thought that was humorous. Yeah, I thought that was funny too. I, I actually, I did enjoy that part a lot. Yeah. It takes quite a while before I finally understood what this movie was about. 
And even then, the plot is so thin. So basically, what the plot? What's the plot? I would say it's Doctor Satan needs to find his wife, so he sends this monkey to track down the dancer with the mark of the devil on her ass. Yes, and then if he marries That's her, it. then he becomes a more powerful. Because right now he's still just a guy in a mask, right? And I, at least that's oh, my okay. assumption of it. Yeah. And then by marrying the girl with the mark of the devil on the butt, uh, then he becomes an all-powerful demon. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I kind of missed that part of it. But, yeah, right. that makes sense. Too that's busy, why he too busy jerking off, transformed. Right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, a no, little bit. No, huh? no, no. <laughs> uh, but that's that's why he, like, transforms into basically what you would think of as uh, Satan at the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, the, yeah. Um that is the thin, and then of course, in between, uh, the, you know, the storyline spice spliced around is uh, Susie X that had her own yeah. little adventure, and, mm-hmm. and then just tons of monster nudity, right? And Super Bisto trying to pick up you know, everything that breathes. Exactly, I did like when he's bringing. I forget what was her name, Bla- Miss Black. Mm. Uh, oh, you, you, Rosario Dawson. Oh, that was uh, Velvet Von Black. Velvet. Yeah, when he was bringing her flowers after he saw her for the first time at the strip club. And uh, here's like the pounding going on in the room and walks in and sees him in a you know weird position and says, should I leave or join in? <laughs> and they just stare at him. I thought that that line actually made me laugh. But... Super Peace is a creep. <laughs> he's, he's a total <laughs> oh, creep. Exactly. You know, oh. um, I, I will say this, though. Uh, Velvet on Black's superpower where she can like, you know, kind of inflate, inflate her tits to hit people. <laughs> That was so interesting to me just because <laughs> as a kid growing up in the VHS era, but not being able to rent anything of that nature, I had – do you remember there's a, there's a French kid's cartoon called Barapapa. I think in English, I don't remember. they're called the Barapapas. And it was just these forms oh. that could – they lived underground, like kind of like an ant colony style uh, okay. residence. And they could just – they're just forms. So they can fit into anything, you know, and they can move. Mm. and Kind of like a Mr. Fantastic in a way where you can just stretch and do whatever. So yeah. um, so back when I was, you know, very young, like four, five, six, I've always been a boob guy. So I always thought that maybe girls could like project their boobs like that and push them out and like – I don't know why. So then when I – I don't know even I'm telling you this on a internet radio show. Um, but seeing that today as a cartoon, I'm like, holy shit. I'm not the only one who ever had those like boobs. <laughs> you know, weird. I know. I'm going to oh, shut fantastic. up. Ash, what do you think? <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. You knew it. You knew it. hit this movie and hit this boob fetish thing. Ah, uh, yes. Oh my God. He is the That's heart, ladies and the heart of Cinefans. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so there was just an overwhelming amount of references, and most of them were just blatant and stupid. There was one yeah. that I thought was really kind of, uh, it was subtle and really smart, and I thought it was really cool. Okay. It's when Dr. Satan, he walks up and pulls the gun out from this old-style toilet. And then, like, shoot somebody. I don't remember what the fuck he does with it, frankly. But it was the exact toilet from The Godfather. What? Did you catch no, that? No, I didn't catch that. 
Yeah, it was it was pretty intelligent reference. I will give so them he, credit. He for took that. it over like the the toilet, like on top, like near the ceiling. Yes, you know exactly. what? Exactly. I might have been looking at my phone. <laughs> yeah, it was it was later in the film. I can't remember what the hell he's. Well, he was shooting Velvet Von Black because she was like talking, talking. talking oh right? yes, yes, so exactly. He was, he was the ch- ch- shut up, bitch. Yeah, one or whatever. So he just froze her. He just picked a froze yeah. option on his revolver and just right. shot her. Yeah, it was that moment. He, I mean, it's it's straight from The Godfather, oh, and it was very subtle. That. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I I thought you know like it was at first like oh wow uh, Mike Myers is or Mike Myers like Michael Myers is in this movie you know because he gets hit by yeah. the car I'm like okay right. and then you see I like, like that too. you see uh, uh, Jack Torrance and then you got the the care mm-hmm. reference then it just became yeah. stupid you know and Taxi Driver that too yeah funny. Taxi Driver um, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. You would think I would love this movie because it's got, got really cool, you know, ripoffs of other films, right? But it's it's just, and I'm a juvenile person. Like I, I'm, I'm, I, I like American Pie still. Like it played again on TV. Yeah. Like I'll watch it. I'll laugh. It's juvenile, so I do like juvenile right. humor. I, I, it, I just didn't like this. As long as it's not like a teenage girl playing with a donut provocatively, you're all about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's all about the tone of what I'm supposed to watch. <laughs> you know? It's about tone. Oh, man. And desecrating a fucking classic. <laughs> Again, I loved each two. Each oh, one, not as much. Yeah. You know, maybe if she licked the, the, the big <laughs> hole. But no, that, that, was, fine. That, that, was, that was like, she was crumbing all over the counter, you know, like. <laughs> If you're going to waste breakfast, then just go back to your room, you know? She doesn't oh know the God. cost of a big bagel. Right. That's what really offends you. Yeah. Well, you know, once you go in the oh, real man. world, you live on your own, you have to buy your own food, you're not going <laughs> to finger fuck your breakfast. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's too funny, man. Yeah, not, um, not to the cereal. They were yeah. dating at the time. <laughs> oh. Uh, there was a moment where it reminded me of The Miz. Okay. When um, <laughs> Super Beast goes, yeah, he goes, look, I'm an A-list celebrity. I don't have time for this shit. The way he said it, I was like, holy shit. He just embodied The Miz perfectly. That's very funny. I thought funny. it was hilarious. I, that didn't love me, but it makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> Did you actually see The Miz on Twitter? He actually sent a signed aid by 10 to Finn Balor to get Will soon. Really? Yeah. He's that's class. fantastic. He, that's why he's our intercontinental champion right now. Absolutely. Class. I man, I want them to not blow it with with the Miz after his blowout at uh Daniel Bryan. They have such a good opportunity here, and I don't want them to blow it. Oh, dude, he's up for a huge push right now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. He, I, I have no worries with him at all. They, they're gonna push him to the moon. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, yes. back to the discussion at hand yes, here. Yes. So like I don't, it just kills me because like you said, it's like, a, it's a mix of like Ren and Stimpy, uh, Stimpy, Scooby-Doo and then Rob Zombie's obscenities. Yeah. But, and so much nudity, which I love all that. Yeah. But there was just something about it that it didn't come together well. And so it's just, ah, no, I, I, like I don't want to shit on it because I didn't hate every single thing about it. You know, there were moments where I laughed, like I said, but it's just, man, I wish there was I wish it just worked better than it did I th- like what he's trying to do here again you know because he loves his 70s is right. this is his version of Fritz the Cat you know or yes. his version of like a heavy metal 
or there's mm-hmm. nudity, there's horror, there's everything he likes into one. Yeah. It just yeah. doesn't gel. Exactly. And Speaking of, yeah. cutting you off, sorry, I didn't mean to, That's but okay. um, the surprising lack of mu- of metal music in this. I expected a lot more kind of, of Rob Zombie style of music, but it was like almost show tuney and uh, like country. There was country music in it well, and you know, just strange mix of music. Speaking of music, there's one sequence where they did the whole conjunction junction, which your function, which I actually oh. loved. That segment was really good. Wait, which I don't remember. That. Oh, okay, I'm trying to think now what it was. It was the ape talking. And I think oh, it's about okay. him explaining that he needs a woman with the 666 on her butt. Gotcha. And yep. they're explaining it like the old, you know, Conjunction Junction style cartoons of right. the early 80s, late 70s from ABC. Mm-hmm. So that I liked a lot. I thought like that actually, <laughs> I smirked. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, that's probably one of the only <laughs> smirks. But actually the music wasn't bad. They had like a Benny Hill style song as well. Um, yeah. And was it like a Beatles style song when these uh, Nazi zombies were chasing Susie X? Yeah, there may have been. I can't recall exactly. It, should, it, it felt. It sounded to me. It felt kind of again. Only watched this once, and I kind of hate yeah. lost it already. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of starting peppery a bit. Oh, unless okay. I'm yeah. out to lunch, but that's how I recalled it being. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the music was flat. Some of it was actually not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked um, Dr. Satan's line. He said, love is a battlefield. Ah, the wisdom of Benatar. <laughs> I just thought that was humorous. Uh, she, she's a saint. But... Yeah, she's <laughs> big fan of Benatar. Oh, man. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just jump into my final thoughts Go here. And if you have anything else to add, do no, it. Um, so uh, like we said already, the humor – in El Superbisto is about as textbook juvenile as you can possibly get. And the film, it really was just all over the place. I'm not sure who the intended audience is at all. I mean, it throws in movie reference after movie reference. It feels like just for the hell of it. And the story is just pointless, just there to give reason for the animation, to give reason for all this nudity and just over the top whatever yeah. that's happening. Um, I, I just, I didn't enjoy it, enjoy it much at all. And I, I couldn't wait for it to be over. Um, I mean, fans of Ren and Stimpy mixed with Rob Zombie's kind of grotesqueness, I might enjoy it, but I consider myself a fan of all of these things and it, it did nothing for me. So I'm going to have to give this one one and a half out of four stars. Yeah. I'm in a similar vein. Like I should like this. I, Mm -hmm. I just don't, um, the way they draw their females, um, is, you know, is appealing. Um, but again, you know, yeah. you, you, you watch a porno for the story. You just have the sex scenes, you know, it kind of falls apart. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and, and this movie has a lot of good parts to it. It just needs a little more simmering on the stove for it to congeal together. Um, mm-hmm. on, honestly, it's a, I, it, it seems to me they got the, <laughs> they, they got the animation done before the script was complete. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it just doesn't right. work to me. I, I didn't like it. Um, I'm like, I gave it on uh letterboxd today. Uh, I give it half mm-hmm. a star. Okay. I, I just did not like this. Um, I'm glad I didn't buy the Blu-ray for 20 bucks. I spent mm-hmm. six, you know, that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really disappointed with this. I thought it'd be at least kind of funny. Um, mm-hmm. again, bits and pieces of humor, but not enough to make me want to see this again. Right. 
So what's your final star rating? A half, half a star. Half a star yeah. four. Okay, perfect. Um, I mean, there's. I feel like there's a lot more to to talk about if you want to like dive into kind of like the the sexism of the film but it's just there's so much like it's so obvious and blatant that i don't even feel like it's worth a discussion no and honestly and so, if, if i enjoyed the film i'd want to maybe counterpoint saying you know this 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 or maybe do some yeah. you know, some research on it um right honestly i don't think this film is worth my breath exactly you know I mean? I just, it's just not worth the ready effort to move on you know yeah yeah like i like it, it if I wanted to have a more in-depth discussion about it, I would have watched it days ago. Yeah. Um, but I, I knew this is going to be a, like a one and done. So, yeah. you know, I just, yeah, I, I couldn't care less. I'm kind of, you know, excited to go to the next film already. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Me too. All right. So that'll be that for the haunted world of El Superbisto. So next week we are going to continue a Rob Zombie arc with the review of 2012's The Lords of Salem. And also, also, Ash will be back so we can move on to round two of our Best Thing the Backlog Challenge. And just a reminder, Ash is going to be watching Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Mark, you're watching Annabelle, correct? That's right. And I am watching We Are Still Here. Yes. So I'm excited to finally dive into that one So for next week. So. Yeah, I think you're a good All one. Right. I think you're going to like it. Absolutely. And I appreciate that. All right. So as always, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or whatever podcast app it is that you're listening to us on. We appreciate all the positive reviews because they help us get more listeners, which is always the goal. So thank you guys for letting us take a, a couple, well, I guess this one was probably only about an hour out of your day uh, to listen to the Mark and I go on about El Superbisto and all the other films we talked about today. So thank you for listening. Mark, thank you for joining me. Anything else to add before we sign off this week? No, always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, thank you again for listening, folks. We'll uh, see you next week. Absolutely. All right. So thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you next time. (laughs) 